Hello and welcome to One on One. We are so pleased that you've chosen Christian programming to be in your homes. And we are honored and blessed that you have chosen us, Buddy and Veronica McLaughlin, to come and to break the bread of life with you and bring the awesome news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to this wonderful technology and wherever you're hearing us from. We're just thankful that you're carving out the time to, to get the Word of God in, into your heart, into your minds, into your spirits, to make you stronger, to fight this good fight of faith, because we know that Jesus is soon coming. It's a good fight of faith. Yes, it I is. I know the last words that my grandfather, I heard him say to me, yes. keep up the faith, keep up the fight. And that's what we do. Yes. It's our faith walk. And we are in a battle, whether we like it or not, we're thrown in there. <laughs> so we need to know how to fight. <laughs> so we fight in reading God's Word and praying and getting into His presence, yes. praying in the Holy Spirit. I mean, we have a lot of strategies for this war, but we we're not talking about that today. You know, if you get me talking about battling <laughs> and fighting, you know, I'm, I'm a crusader for the yes, right. Amen. You know, I'm, you know me. If I see an injustice, I, I'm, just, I'm just all over it. So I guess I have a little Peter in me, don't I? <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> a little bit. That's what we're going to talk about today. It's a, you know, God has a great blend of people. Yeah, you know, yeah. we in the body of Christ, you know, none of us are the same. And, you know, we've heard the old uh, adage that opposites attract. Well, here we go. You know, <laughs> I'm spontaneity and here's Mr. Planner. So, you know, it, it's funny how God places people together because he utilizes our talents and our abilities. And that's how he made us. <laughs> Actually, I'm in the refiner's fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to stay in there for a little bit. <laughs> we'll get you just right before it's all over. <laughs> oh, but you know, we, we, we do. We talk about the, the different things that in life, the spices that, that blend together, that make things really good. You know, I try to do that with everything that I cook. I try to you take do. these different it's spices good, and, yes. and add these little flavors to it that I think would enhance the, uh, the flavor of it. I, you know, I don't drink yeah. coffee, but, you know, Veronica loves coffee. My girls love coffee. And, and, and I enjoy, although I don't drink it, I don't <laughs> taste it. Uh, I love good. the smell of it, but, but, <laughs> I, but I can imagine, I can imagine the taste. So what I do is I blend a three or four different blends of coffee together to come up with something that I, that smells good, and it, it's it, I know the taste of each of them in uh, in the the world of of uh, food. Food, yes, that's who yes, that's what I was searching, and uh, and. I do know that it would taste good, I like think, coconut. all blended together. What he's together. saying is that we have flavored coffees. Yes. You know, so we have coconuts and vanilla and almond, which are our favorite. And then you spice it up there with some Morning Joe yeah. to get our eyes going. So, but you, you blend it so well. And, well, and you, you have to use the right it. amounts of each of each one of them in yeah. there. But anyway, it's fun to do. And, it's and fun I to do, drink, I too. I do it with love. <laughs> I do it because I love my girls and I want to see them enjoy that because they're not all real morning people. We're not. <laughs> Three of us are not morning I am. people. I wake up ready to go. Yeah, that's and a real that's a real struggle for me. <laughs> but he wakes up and his his he's already planned his day and his feet hit the floor. I know when they hit the floor he's he's off and running. 
I like to savor that time. I like the Lord to speak to me. I like to wake <laughs> up easily and be quiet. Yeah. And for many years in our marriage, the first couple of years, Buddy was just so loud. And we call it, he would land bang. You remember you'd slam doors and cabinets and you were not making coffee at that time because <laughs> we didn't have girls. But I mean, it was just, it's, it's different how God puts different people together to achieve his well, purpose. But, but it's the same blending process. Yes. It really is. You know, and today we're going to talk about what Jesus did. Because, a real man, blender. I'm telling you, you look at the disciples and uh, What a wow. crew. Yes, that's a good, good term. What a what crew. A crew. <laughs> what a crew. They all had different uh, talents, abilities, and some of them we didn't hear about at all. <laughs> <laughs> and others we heard a lot about. We did. And, uh, and you know, but it, it's funny. You know, I'm, I'm talking about all the things that, that I think would blend together because I know they go well together. You start dissecting the disciples a bit and they, you're thinking, okay. That wouldn't, if, you know, I can't, you know, you, you imagine John and Peter. And if you read about the disciples, John was called the beloved. Yes. He was a, a more subtle personality, maybe just a little more introverted. And Peter was very extroverted. And then you put them together and then I think it's funny, one of the passages that I read when Jesus was raised from the, from the tomb and Mary came to say, hey, Jesus is not there. Well, they started running and they were in competition. <laughs> <laughs> Who would get there the fastest? And many times we in the kingdom of God, it seems like we're in competition with each right. other and the ministries are in competition and God's like, no, no, that's not what and it's the, all about. The disciples tried to do that while Jesus was alive and he chastised them pretty good. Senator, yes. who's going to be the greatest in your kingdom? And he's like, you're missing the whole point here. Yeah. You know, sometimes we miss the, the entire point, but he blended these personalities together. And, you know, in, in Jesus, we even know this in the New Testament, talking about the body of Christ. We all work together yes. as one functioning body. Not everybody, you know, Jesus is the head, but not everybody can be an arm. Somebody has to be a finger. Somebody right. has to be the feet to take the gospel. We all work together. And we're saying this because, you know, many times we feel we, we don't have the talents and the abilities, but God's called and chosen each and every one of us. He knows what we're good That's at. Right. He knows how we, our talents. And he needs each of us in the kingdom of God to fulfill the purpose. And that's why he called each of the disciples. He needed each one of them to fulfill their purpose. Yes. Well, let's read about okay. it. Let, let's go to Mark chapter 3, beginning in verse 13. So Jesus went up on the mountain and he called uh, them, those who had, he had called to himself. And they came to him and he appointed 12 that they may be with him, that he may send them out to preach. So he called them all 12 to be, you know, can you imagine 12 preachers competing against each other? But he also gave them the power to heal the sick and to cast out demons that goes hand in hand. And that's not what we're going to preach about today, but you can still heal the sick and cast out demons. And he said, I have given them the name Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Barjonas, and he said the sons of thunder. So they must have had some real 
personality there. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanite, Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him, and they all went into one house. Sometimes it gives us a little description about them. It kind of makes me laugh when I call, think about the, th the sons of thunder that, you know, they come in, maybe, I don't know. But also about Judas, it also has that footnote there. This is the one that betrayed him. Jesus, knowing all of these personalities, knowing all of them, and we're going to tell you a little bit about their personality, but even Judas, he chose Judas even though he knew Judas's weakness. He knew that Judas was going to betray him, and he still chose him. Yes. Isn't that incredible? You know, what a blend. What a crew. What a crew. Said. You know, you, you, you look at them, you've got a handful from Galilee, fishermen. Fishermen. And, and, and Jerusalem, the people in Jerusalem thought they were from the wrong side of the tracks. They were rednecks. That's right. They were just modern day, you are redneck if you yes. fish on the shores of, and you smell like fish. You, that's the, they're the redneck crew. They, they, that was the other side so of the, the tracks. God loves folks. rednecks too. Yes. <laughs> So, so then you look at Matthew. Here, here's one that extorts money from his countrymen. He's a tax I mean, collector. Yes, I mean, I mean, probably not. <laughs> yes, he extorts from his own brothers. Yes. All right. So, so you you start blending these guys together. You're thinking, okay, guys from the wrong side of the track that are fishermen that spend their day on the water. Here's a tax collector who spends his day manipulating everyone. So that he can steal their money or, or have their resources, wow. and and you you start getting getting the picture, then uh, then you look at Simon. Simon was the zealot, and and zealot means he was a rebel. Basically, yes. he hated everything about the Roman too. Empire <laughs> and anything that had anything to do with the Roman Empire. So him and Matthew were all in water. water. Yes, but yet he saw to blend these guys. Together. Isn't that amazing? It really is. And, you know, and, and you, you just look at this whole crew. You know, I've always said that at some point in the walk with Jesus' walk on this earth, that he had to look up to God and say, God, we sure about this group? Right. We sure <laughs> about this group that we've got? Are they going to carry it on through, Lord? But, but he knows what we need. He knows the blend that you have to have. He knows that there, there's got to be room for everyone. Look around your church. I encourage look around sometime and look at all the different walks of life that God has pulled together to make His kingdom here upon this earth. The thing that He's, we are all working to build this kingdom to glorify God. And, and, we, and we look and we, and we have to laugh sometimes and say, wow, how did you pick that one? I never would have thought. Well, I'm telling you, I was one of those two, probably from the wrong side of the tracks and, and full of everything the world had to offer. And, uh, but there were those in my childhood and in my, my years of growing up and going to school that saw something different. I didn't see it, but, but they did. So they, they invested things into me that I didn't know at that time were so valuable. But later in life, I found all the value. And I can name the names. I, I, I'm Miss Van Dyke, Miss Honeaker. I, I mean, I can go back to the principals in the school, to some of the school teachers, Miss Shinnefield, some of those who really invested things in me because they saw, they saw the blend of talents that I had and knew that I could do something good with them. 
And I was just all about doing something. And Jesus saw all these same traits in these men, as crazy as they look, and you know, as crazy as I was, there was, there was something there that could be nurtured. And Jesus saw the same in each of these men. It's not up to us to determine what's good about somebody. It's that everybody's good. We just got to find a way to bring that to the surface. That's what people did in my life. They looked beyond the faults, beyond the goofiness, the things they knew I would grow out of or hopefully work my way through before I got myself killed or, or did something dumb and got myself put in jail. But, but they, they encouraged me and trusted me and, and, and pumped things into me that, that I would be able to use to, to create the man that God wanted me to be in my life. They made room for me in their life. Jesus made room for these disciples. He made room for them in his ministry that he knew he needed some people to, to undergird him, to help him with much of what he would be challenged with. We all are that way. Jesus was saying, there's none too bad. There's none too far gone. There's none too far on the other side of the tracks. There's none too mean, none too full of the world that they can't be taken out of it. And if they will come, I'll make room for them. And that's what happened with me. He made room for me, made room for Buddy McLaughlin. He made room for me to come out of a life of drugs and alcohol, of running in the world, having no boundaries in anything, uh, basically no morals, no ethics, just whatever I wanted to do that I felt was a thing of the hour, that's what I was engaged in. But, you know, he looked beyond all of that. And he said, buddy, I've got a place for you. I have, I have made a place for you. I don't care how bad you are. I don't care how how rugged you think you've become and how rough you are around the edges. You know, I've got a place for you. I've made room for you. Now, somebody out there right now is starting to figure this out. He's got room for you too. You've always thought that there's no hope. You're too far gone. You've done too much, too many bad things, too many wrong things. There is nothing. There is not one thing. I don't care how graphic, tragic, awful. It, it is the world perceives it. There is nothing that Jesus will not forgive you of. Nothing. You can't name it to me. There is nothing that he will not forgive you of and make room for you too. And he wants to make room for you. He's tugging at your heart today to tell you that you need to come home. You've been out in the world long enough. He has a warm cozy home for you in his arms. In the shelter of his love, you can find peace, you can find contentment, you can find hope, and you can find a future. We just preached on that a, a couple of programs ago about having hope in a future. That's what his word tells us is ours to have. And that's yours today. Veronica, it's so wonderful to know that, that regardless of, of who we are in this world, regardless of what the world thinks of us, who's on this side of the tracks or that side of the tracks,
who's elevated, who's not elevated, who's, who's living a life of luxury or who's living in poverty or living on the streets or struggling with their own identity, that God loves them and has a place for them. Yes, and that's ex this beautiful story of the blend that Jesus loves us. No yes. matter how the world and people want to label us, Jesus doesn't care about those labels. Mm -hmm. He doesn't care where we have come from. And buddy, when you were, were reciting those people that had been investing into your life, Jesus spent three and a half years with his disciples, investing into them, pouring into them, loving them, teaching them and training them. Why? Because he knew they were a blend. He knew that he, if he wasn't in the middle of the mix, that they were just going to separate and the world couldn't be changed. But Jesus knew when he chose every one of these, the names that we just read to you, that they were going to be world changers. Yes. When Jesus chose us, he knew that we were going to be world changers. Why? Not because of us but because of the abilities and the talents, the gifts that he placed on the inside of us. You know, every one of these disciples except Judas, and Judas had a purpose. There had to yes. be somebody, the son of perdition, to betray Jesus so that he would die and that he would give his life for us. There was a purpose for him. But every one of these men, there was a purpose for their lives. And then after Jesus spent three and a half years with this motley crew, and then he died, he rose again, and then on the 40th day that he ascended into heaven, he called them initially to be preachers. And he's like, now I'm leaving you. And when I first called you together on that mountain, remember the great commission that I am calling each and every one of you to go and to preach the gospel into the four corners of the world, leave where you are and go evangelize. And that's exactly what they did. They all scattered. And there's a book that's out there called the Book of Martyrs. And it tells you exactly where they all went to preach. They were in Asia. They, they went into the uttermost parts of the world to preach. And every single one of them except John was martyred for the cause of Christ. The love that was placed on the inside of them, what Jesus placed on the inside of them, invested into them for those three and a half years. And then them seeing him die on the cross and raising from the grave, they had a crusade in them to say, to rise up and say the injustice that the enemy has caused in the world, we are going to go out and tell them about Jesus. And they devoted their lives to Jesus. And even John devoted his life and he was exiled to the Isle of Patmos, even boiled in oil, I can't even imagine that, and gave his life. And then writing the book of Revelation and so many of the other books in the Bible, they deposited now into us. When we're reading out of the books, we're reading from the apostles that have invested now into our lives. They're investing into us to say, look at how Jesus changed us, this, the, the insignificant people, and now we can be world changers. And I'm, then I'm drawn again 
to the first book of Acts and second chapter where it says that there were 120 people gathered in that upper room and that's when the Holy Spirit came and deposited His Spirit and 120 insignificant people and they went out and changed the world. Peter being one of those who preached and 3,000 people after that encounter gave their lives to Jesus Christ. Oh, wow. God is calling us insignificant, common, ordinary people to be extraordinary because He has deposited His life into us. Wow, buddy, what a blend. <laughs> the church that He has called yes. together, what a remnant. You yes. know, and as, as I am talking about this, I'm, I'm visualizing different ministries and people and friends whom I know that He's called, people who's He's given different talents and abilities, and we're all running this race together. We all have the same commission. We are all going in one accord to win this world to Jesus Christ. Yes. And that's what these disciples did. They started with a spark and a flame and now a mega burst fire that can never yes. be put out thousands of years later from those 12 disciples. Yes. You know, and that's what we're called to do now. We're called to be those disciples. Yes. And we're called to change the world one person at a time. You know, I've always said that we just remove a barrier when we meet someone, yeah. when we're around someone. Hey, there's no one that, that cannot get into the Lamb's Book of Life. No one. I don't care if you feel that there's someone out there. I don't feel, care if you feel you're that someone. You can have your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. God loves you that much. I'm calling you now that's listening to me that feel that you man of God, woman of God, I'm calling you those things that are not as though they are. You are a man of God. You are a woman of God. You can live a good life. You can receive this promise that we've talked about. All you have to do is say, Lord, forgive me of my sins, for I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm a sinner, God. I recognize my faults. I know you died for those things for me and you were buried, and you rose again on the third day. Forgive me and make me new. That's all you have to do. Guess what? There's room for you in heaven right now. There's a room being built for you, a house being built for you in heaven right now. If you've made that choice, listen, if you think there's someone in your life that there's no hope for, you start calling those things that are not as though they are. You say, you are a woman of God. You are a man of God. You will be that man of God that He's called you to be. You will be that woman of God. You will change the world for Christ Jesus. You start planting those seeds, investing in them. And I'm telling you, people changed my life through their love and through their prayers. This crazy blend that we have in this world is a great blend. We don't see how the spices are going to run together and make it taste so good, but God does. We just trust Him to stir it all up. All we do is He stirs up the gifts in us. Let us stir up the gifts in others. Let us reach out to them. Let us be a blessing to them. Let us encourage them that things can be better, that there is hope, there is plans, there is a God who wants to change their life, who wants to love them, who wants to say, look, you are my child. 
You know, they have that royal blood running in their veins. All they have to do is receive that gift from God. Just turn. It's just a turn. Just stop for a moment, pause and say, okay, I've had enough of this craziness in my life. I've dumped in enough garbage. I'm going to take this mess out and I'm going to let God have his way with me. Hey, if you tried everything else, try God, try Jesus, try his love. Realize that he will take you in right now. I don't care how you look, smell. I don't care what you've done. I, I don't care where you are. If you're in your car, if you're at home, if you're sitting on a street corner, if you're in a bar, if you're in a hospital room, I don't care where you are. God will receive you right now. Just ask him. Ask him to do those things that I asked you to do earlier, to forgive you of your sins, to receive him into your heart, to realize that he is the Lord, the Savior. He died on that cross for you, and he's made room for you. Wow, what a time to rejoice for us! It is that yes. God makes room for us. I remember yes. as you were saying that, that when I first took you down to meet my grandparents, and my grandmother had had a dream about the man <laughs> that I was to marry. And she said, you know, when I see this man, I will know him. When she saw Buddy, she motioned me into the kitchen and she said, that's the man in my dream. And I'm like, no, it isn't. He <laughs> smells like Budweiser. And then my grandfather said, He's a tough nut. Well, yeah, he was a tough nut, but he wasn't anything that the Holy Ghost yes. could not crack. And you know what her comment was to my grandfather? He may be, but God has his hand on that young man. God doesn't cast anybody off. He doesn't throw anybody away. And yeah, we were kind of an unusual blend at first, but then when God gets in the mix, yes. it's just perfect. Buddy, just like your coffee, when you put it all together, it's just perfect. Isn't that just what Jesus loves to do with his people? When he is in the middle of it, he makes it just perfect. Amen. And now here we are giving you our testimony of how an unlikely blend can come together and give you the love of Jesus Christ. We have seen people saved all over this nation and throughout the world. We have seen miracles. We have seen cancer healed. We've seen Parkinson's healed. We've seen Alzheimer's healed. We've seen stage four cancer healed. Why? Because we believed and when God puts people together for one purpose and one cause, it's for His glory, yes, and that's yeah. what it's all about. Now, let's get about the Father's business. He's commissioned all of us. He, he's called us, and He's called you to be yes. His disciples. Now, let's go preach. And how do we preach? With our mouths. We tell others about the goodness of the love of Jesus Christ. If it's going through a drive through in a grocery store, wherever you need to preach, preach His love and goodness because God loves us. It's been an awesome opportunity to come into your homes with the good news of the gospel of Jesus. Until we see you again this time next week, remember, God, God is, is always, always faithful. Hello everyone. Veronica and I would like to thank you so much for partnering with Dove Song Ministries through these many years. We appreciate your support, your love, we look forward each week to coming and being a part of your life in your homes, bringing you God's Word. 
We are so humbled to receive your praise reports of salvation, of healing and restoration. We are excited to take this gospel across the world. We know this next season is bringing great harvest for His glory. Thank you. And remember, the best is yet to come. We hope this program has enlightened and enriched your life. This ministry is made possible by the grace of God and your generous financial support. If you would like to partner with our ministry to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, write, call, or visit our website at www.buddyandveronica.com.